You're listening to Noob Jitsu, the weekly chronicle of the adventures of a 37-year-old overstuffed man armchair trying to properly decorate the interior design philosophy of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. My name is Rob. I am a zero-stripe white belt from the Admar Barbosa Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Northern Virginia. And today is Monday, September the 28th, 2020. If you're listening to this, it means you've probably listened before. And if you've listened before, it means you probably noticed a couple of things were different uh, today. Number one, there was no second episode last week. Number two, I said the Weekly Chronicle instead of the Twice Weekly Chronicle. And number three, I don't sound like I'm completely out of breath and defeated from class and marathon roll. So, um, a few things different about today. If you were astute and picked those out, congratulations. You get uh, you get three points. I haven't figured out a great way to uh, track and and uh, redeem those points for anything, but just keep those. You know, keep them in your pocket in case you need them later. I uh, I got to thinking last week. I was going to do an episode Friday. I was going to record my thoughts Friday, but I had no thoughts. Here's what happened. Friday, we had a wonderful um, basics class. Absolutely awesome. It was a lot of uh, a lot of movement drilling, a lot of uh, passing drill, uh, up and down, back and forth. You know, just just knee cuts and and um, you know headquarters headquarters passing and, and knee cutting and side control transitions. It was it was a lot of fun. But uh, the thing was, it, it was somehow you know gorgeous outside. Really great weather. Uh, I don't know how it stayed so hot in the school, but it was insanely hot. I don't know how uh, David achieves that, but it was it was terrible. Um, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the calories you burn when you're when you're keeping track of like your heart rate and your calorie count and all that, a lot of the, the caloric energy you, you spend is dedicated to trying to regulate your body temperature. Uh, there's a lot of like water pumping and and you know trying to cool off um, that, that goes into uh, calorie burning. And when you're huffing and puffing and, and sweating, you're you're actually expending a lot of uh, you know a lot of, of either nutrients that you've consumed that are that are sitting you know freshly digested and freshly stored, or uh, if you're if you're fresh out and your your liver's out of glu- uh, out of uh, glycogen, you start tapping into some some uh, some stored fat reserves uh, for some glycerol and some noradrenaline. But uh, you know it's it's interesting how much energy you can spend just trying to regulate body temperature. And I learned that lesson about Monday night when we finished our one hour basics class, my calorie count uh, using a Polar H9 heart rate monitor was up to 860. So that's more than I get out of a heavy squat day. That's more than I get out of a heavy bench press day, a heavy upper body day. That's more than, that's, that's almost um, equal with what I usually get out of a good conditioning day. So that was a seriously intense basics class and and you know for somebody my size and my age and and my my cardiovascular um, fitness level it was really challenging so uh, you know I, I had a I had a lot of fun um, but then I you know I went upstairs I changed keys I went back down for marathon roll a few minutes later and um, we went through marathon roll and then I stayed and cleaned the mat uh, with a couple of guys after class was over so I was in the I was in the, the academy for about three hours from 6 30 about 9:30 that night, and my final calorie count was like 2,200. So it was um, it was a, an immensely busy night. A whole lot of work was done, a whole lot of physical energy expended, and um, you know it felt it felt really good. I, I, I enjoyed it um, quite a bit. 
But uh, I'm coming to you now from traffic. I just left the gym. Uh, it's it's two o five on Monday, and I'm I'm talking to you before, you know, before class, before marathon roll, any of that. I just wanted to kind of change things around a little bit. And and the reason there's no more twice weekly chronicle uh, on the schedule is I found. I'm repeating myself a lot. Like my thought process seems to go in themes. So I'll think of something Monday, you know, I'll think of something Sunday or Monday and it'll be in my head and I'll be thinking about it all week. And and then I'll circle back around to it on Friday and like, well, how did the week progress to this point? How did this philosophy guide me through the week? So instead of trying to put on a, on a, a hard expectation for myself to have thoughts to lay down after every, every, uh, marathon roll, I think I might just, capture my thoughts as they come and then put them all together into an episode uh and if it starts to get too long you know i i I may i may um cut that down something like that but it gives me an opportunity to not repeat myself so much and not to to like you know ramble on monday for 35 minutes and then uh on friday i'm barely scraping together 15 minutes of of any kind of cohesive thought because i'm just so tired but uh, anyway, I started reading a book. Uh, well, reading. I started a book. I, I prefer audiobooks. So um, I started a book, and it was about uh, it was about mindfulness in in jujitsu. Starting out as a student, and uh, it's really it's really it's, it's good so far. The narration is not great. Um, the, the guy narrating it obviously didn't really know the author or the content, and uh, he says annoying things like um, I'll say like. Uh, uh, Royce Gracie, and uh, uh, anyway, is personal preference, but whatever. He, um, you know, he, 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 he's not a great narrator, but the book itself is is pretty good. I can't remember who wrote it, or even what the title is. Uh, it hasn't stuck with me yet because I haven't gotten too far into it. But one of the interesting things that came up in the book, uh, the author is just talking about the journey from white belt to blue belt and how to establish habits of mindfulness as you go. And I feel like I'm I'm ahead of the curve on a lot of that. It's because of my age and because of my habits. You know, it's because I spend so much time in the gym and because I record so much of my lifting progress and because I take progress pictures, because I, I you know, I'm constantly recording sets and reps. I'm constantly recording um, videos of my of my workouts and going back and reviewing them and, you know, talking with my coach about problem areas. I'm already very mindful of physical exertion and progress for myself. So when I started doing jujitsu, it, it naturally occurred to me that the most beneficial thing I could do uh, from the get-go is is get some kind of app or get a notebook and write down everything I do every session uh, and keep track of my training. And um, that's one of the things that, that this book is about, is like how to, how to build habits of mindfulness as you journey through white belt to blue belt and how that'll benefit you later, you know. How well did you sleep? What did you eat? How did training feel? And you start, uh, it's the, the exact same thing as, as uh, a, you know, a nutritional diary or a lifting diary. And it's the same advice I've been given. It's the same advice I've given to other people. You know, write down everything. Write down everything. You, like if you're trying to, if you're trying to figure out what diet, like what, what foods you should be eating and, and, and uh, you know, how you want to engineer your nutrition to get your, your target weight met, you know, write down everything you eat. And uh, on top of that, write down how you slept and write down how you felt and how your energy level was the next day. And emphasize, um, you know, eating more of the things that, that led to consistently better sleep, consistently better energy levels, and eliminate the things that led to consistently poor sleep or poor energy levels or poor mood regulation, you know. 
Um, and it's the same thing in mindfulness in, in, in jiu-jitsu, you know, focus on how you slept, focus on what you ate, focus on when you ate, how you timed your meals around training, uh, you know, what kind of warm-ups you did, how your, how your body felt, etc. And all these things lead to just um, a consistent, like, being able to, to snap naturally to a warm-up or snap naturally to a, to a training diet or, you know, knowing if you have to travel for a competition, you know exactly what you should eat and how much sleep you should get and how you should stretch and relax and all that. Um, it's just the ways of, of knowing yourself better. And it's, it's uh, the thing is, it is, it is um, consistent across sport. It's not just a jiu-jitsu thing. It's not just a powerlifting thing. It's not just a nutritional thing. It's consistent across sport. Like, you, you just, your body doesn't change. So you just have to learn to, to record all the data you can. And I thought that was a really great observation um, because, you know, number one, it, it made me feel smart because I'd already done that. I'd already started doing that. But number two, he um, he pointed out some things. And I'm a weird guy. Like, I pay attention to, to oddball things that, that a lot of people don't pay attention to. And it's a great way for me to make friends because if I notice somebody points out the same thing that I've thought of, then I know, here, hey, here's somebody whose mind works like mine and they'll probably, you know, appreciate my jokes or my, my, uh, my sense of humor. Um, or my thought process more than, than somebody else. Uh, that's a big piece of equipment. Wow, I just drove past a great big excavator holding a big old piece of metal up. Anyway, um, uh, uh, I was saying about people's, you know, the weird, the weird quirks that I pick out of things. Uh, so this guy observed something that, that to me was weird, and I noticed it when it happened to me, uh, but I thought it was cool that he pointed it out, and I wanted to, I wanted to touch on that. Um, he said, you know, the basics of jiu-jitsu, hip escape, shrimping, uh, active hips all the time, just keep your hips active all the time. You won't think about, you won't think about whether or not you're using your hips uh, consciously. You won't consciously think about whether or not you're using your hips uh, until you notice something weird like you hip escape to, change, to turn over in bed. And uh, that occurred to me because I've, I've noticed that. Like, I've noticed that happen. Uh, it, it, was, it was one night I was, I was laying in bed and I, was, uh, I wanted to turn over onto my side. I was still kind of, you know, half awake and I wanted to turn over on my side. And normally I would just throw my, you know, throw my left arm over my chest and, and kind of pull myself over by the, the corner of the bed. But that night I, I, dug, my, I dug my left foot uh, into the bed turned my turned my knee in and pressed down on my toes and shifted my hips <laughs> and shrimped to my to my right side so uh I, I i noticed that and i thought wow i just hip escaped to get more comfortable in bed um and it was it was funny because i'm not you know i'm still not good at at having active hips all the time during a roll uh, i'm still thinking about it consciously instead of going on autopilot to start escaping when somebody is getting into a you know a position of, of limiting my my hip and leg movement but I thought that was a really cool observation, and this this is somebody who really you know who really does understand the journey of uh, of muscle memory from the start. And um, I wonder sometimes is that something that that younger that younger athletes think about? You know, is this something that uh, that a 16 year old uh, just starting jujitsu is going to think about? Is this something that a that a high school wrestler transitioning into jujitsu is going to think about? Uh, or is this just like okay, that's cool you thought of that neat I just I don't think about things like that I don't know uh, I'm wondering if it's because I've been I've been alive for almost 40 years and I think about you know well this is a different thing like this isn't how I usually do that this isn't how I usually stand up off the the floor you know I find myself um, 
I'll find myself at the gym even even now, only a few years into really seriously weight training and, and training at the gym. Uh, I foam roll, you know, I'll roll myself out. But I found now that that when I get done foam rolling, I'll I'll do a technical stand up instead of just like coming up like I normally would, and I don't even think about it. You know, I just like you know, right hand, left foot, butt off the ground, right foot extends back behind me. And I, I noticed one day when I did it because it was just like, oh, I just did. Oh, okay, neat. Uh, because it was it was odd to me that I didn't just stand up. I I jujitsu stood up, right? And I didn't just turn over in bed. I jujitsu turned over in bed. Um, but it's fun because there's not a lot of things in jujitsu that that matter outside of uh, sorry, not matter. Um, there's not a lot of things that are distinctly jujitsu out of jujitsu. And what I mean by that is, I, you know, I've studied, uh, I've, I've participated and studied several other martial arts, all striking, um, kung fu, taekwondo, and uh, 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 well, aikido is not striking, but I've done kung fu, taekwondo, and aikido. Um, in in kung fu, you have a very distinct, depending on what on what style you uh, you follow, you have a very distinct punch. And uh, I would never punch somebody. The way that I that I punched in uh, when when performing you know monkey style, I would never punch somebody like that. That's a distinctly kung fu punch. Uh, you know, it's it's a very quick strike, and it it requires you know you to rotate your 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 elbow and shoulder a bit and uh, strike with with two knuckles rather than your fist. Um, it is a very quick lashing strike. That's just intended to kind of stun or or, or distract someone, you know, or, or put them put a little bit of tears in their eyes. I would never try and punch somebody like that if we were just throwing haymakers in a parking lot at Walmart. You know, that's that's not how you fight. But if I'm in the ring at my old my old uh, you know my old kung fu dojo, that is exactly how I would strike a bear stylist or uh, a tiger stylist or a crane stylist. That's exactly how I would go after them. Um, because they would be expecting, uh, they would be expecting, um, you know, something a little bit different. Uh, they, they might be expecting more grappling or more, uh, you know, more, more rolling and, and dodging and, uh, things like that because they're familiar with, with monkey style, but the, the little quick strike is, it's kind of a, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, just a jab, but I'm really digressing on that, but it's a distinctly Kung Fu punch, uh, or in Taekwondo. I'm not gonna, you know, a round kick or a, 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 a step through side kick or a standing side kick. I mean, those are distinctly taekwondo, kata, beautiful art form kicks. Um, that's that's distinctly taekwondo. And when I think of jujitsu, there's really nothing that like stands out in jujitsu. It's a grapple, you know, it's a grappling sport. I, if if you see somebody practicing the kata, you know, oh, that that person does waduru uh, or shotokan or, or taekwondo. You know, that's a that's a a, a hand and foot stylist, um, and they know their kata very well, and it's gorgeous, beautiful, beautiful artwork of the body. If you see somebody going through the animal styles of kung fu, uh, you know, you 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 know immediately, oh, this is kung fu. If you see somebody sitting on their butt with their with their knees bent and their you know their hands on their knees, like, do you think? Oh, this guy—he's in—he's practicing butterfly guard, or you know, you see somebody do a technical stand-up, and it's like, oh, oh, oh jujitero, like, you know what I mean? There's no real like super distinctive jujitsu thing that that just screams jujitsu. Even capoeira, you know, coming out of 
coming out of the same place. Capoeira is, is unique. It's easy to identify. You always know when uh, when you see someone doing capoeira, you know, they, you, whatever, they're, they're, they're doing their meiluas and you, you know exactly what they're doing. It's, it's this beautiful dance or game or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, look at somebody and say like, oh, this guy grapples. Really, the only way you can tell is they have cauliflower ear and short fingernails. Like that's that's really the distinctly unique jujitsu thing. So I thought it was uh, I thought it was kind of cool that that the um, the skills, even though I'm I'm barely scratching the the very top layer of this of this um, of this onion of jujitsu, right? I'm I'm barely even through the the thinnest skin of this onion. Um, and there's a billion layers ahead of me. Uh, it's neat that, that these foundational skills are, are creeping into my, my normal daily movement. And I thought, I thought that was um, something worthy of, of uh, mindfulness. I thought that was something worthy of paying attention to. And uh, that, was, that was kind of the theme for this week, is, is the mindfulness of jiu-jitsu. So as I approach training uh, tonight, basics and marathon roll, and as I approach training on Friday, basics and marathon roll, and training on Thursday, nogi, uh, I'm, I'm going to be trying to see how I can incorporate these movements uh, unconsciously, because if I'm thinking about, you know, if I'm thinking about hip escaping, it's, it's not automatic yet. If I'm thinking about active hips, it's not automatic yet. If I'm thinking about uh, escape, stand up, reset the position, I'm not automatic yet. And those are the things that need to be automatic, right? Those are the things that need to be out of my conscious brain and into my muscle memory and just happen. Uh, the, the idea there was uh, you, don't, you don't truly learn a skill until you've, uh, until you've, let's see, you don't learn a skill until a thousand repetitions and you don't master a skill until 10,000 repetitions. That was, that was his that was his sort of take on it, and uh, you know you've heard it um, any any number of ways. Like an expert is is ten thousand hours and a master is forty thousand hours and whatever you want to quantify things like that. It's it's hard to quantify stuff because some people are geniuses and some people take to it very well and some people are inept and they never take to it regardless of how much time they time effort they put into it. But uh, I would like to see now hundred and hundred and three hours in or hundred and two hundred and three hours into jujitsu training. Uh, I would like to know now what, what things are happening automatically, like what grips are happening automatically, and, and am I going for underhooks, and am I controlling, uh, you know, am I controlling arms, am I controlling hips, am I trying to escape, am I trying to find my footing, are these things happening automatically? So that's, that's where my mind is going to be this week, and I, I think it's worthy of uh, following up on that, rather than just saying like, well, we've talked about mindfulness now for, for 20 minutes, that's a good place to stop, here's an episode and cut it off and, and be done with it. Uh, I feel like this is a good start to um, follow up on and, and see where we end up at the end of the the next five training sessions, right? Basics Marathon, no gi, Basics Marathon. There will be no open mat this coming Saturday for me because I'm going to get uh, my chest tattoo hopefully finished. Uh, it depends on how big a baby I am, but maybe it'll get finished. Uh, but anyway, that is all for now, and I'm going to thank you for listening, and I'm going to say stay tuned because there is more to come. What a week it has been. It is now 
that I am coming back to this episode Friday. Friday, the 2nd of October, 2020. And uh, last we spoke... Pardon me. I taking my sip of a delicious Coke Zero. Last we spoke, it was... Oh, I don't remember what day it was. Sunday, Monday, something like that. I think it was Monday. I like this. I like this format. I think I think this is uh, better than trying to shoehorn and come up with some reason to talk for two episodes a week. But uh, I've been thinking through these same motifs all week of mindfulness and uh, self-awareness, posture. Uh, a friend of mine, a blue belt here, uh, gave me some really good advice, and it's it's stuck with me um, ever since he told me. And it was it's one of those easier said than done things, of course. You know, it's it's one of those things where somebody says, "Well, all you have to do is is blank." And of course, it's coming from somebody who's been doing this for a couple of years. And to a white belt, it sounds like, "Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll just get right on that. Just you know, just do jujitsu." But uh, what he told me was, "Don't get in your head when you start losing a position." Be aware of your surroundings. Try your best to improve a position. And if you can't, just reset. Don't be afraid to reset. And try and enjoy yourself. Because at the end of the day, we're not training for soldiering, right? We're not training for, um, this is me. He, he didn't give me all this. What he told me was, what he told me was, don't get in your head when you're losing a position. Don't, uh, don't get so down on yourself when you're losing a position. Keep your head in the game. Try your best to improve it. And if you can't, don't be afraid to reset. And over, oh, most of all, try and have a good time. And, and that was the end of his advice. And I've been thinking about that ever since. And really, we're not we're not doing jujitsu so that we can prepare for you know this isn't boot camp. This isn't like we're we're in the military and we could get deployed somewhere where we have to use these skills to fight for life or death. And and I myself, I, you know, I don't know about anybody else or why they do jujitsu. Maybe somebody. Uh, does live in a very bad area or, or does does have to go through some very bad situations where, you know, they're they're constantly in, involved in violent conflict or, or, you know, fist fight, scuffle, struggle, stuff like that. And they do want some way to um, get the fight to the ground and, and get their opponent disabled before too much damage is done. But like this is a hobby. This is a sport. This is something that, you know, maybe I'll compete. Uh, this is something that people use to enhance their their fighting abilities for the things that they want to do, uh, in their lives. You know, this isn't like forced, you know, get better at this or I'm going to die. Like I'm not going to die because my jujitsu was bad. So it, it is, it is, um, sort of granted to me to have a good time while I do this and I'm not really losing anything or disrespecting the sport by enjoying it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's something that I can do. And, and it's, hard to admit and you know in my head I thought yeah I'm doing this because I enjoy it but really I was doing it because I was trying to prove to myself that I could do it and I was trying to demand of myself to get better and I was trying to demand of myself hey do a good job at this and honestly that was making me have a bad time uh, because you know that's why we get frustrated like when I didn't just smoke everybody and I didn't just defend every position and win every grip fight and win every uh, every position struggle and, and always dominate, always improve my position. And I would get frustrated with myself. And the reason I was doing that is I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't there to, to have a good time. And I know there's a, there's a point where, you know, Abmar says, 
people got to understand you, you need to cry in the gym and laugh in the competition. Like the training sessions are supposed to be brutal. They're supposed to be trying. They're supposed to be physically demanding. But the overarching truth of jujitsu is the more you know, the less you use. Like you, you really, you really do uh, until you're fighting with somebody who is of equal skill and equal, you know, equal ambition and equal determination, who's really trying to put you through the ropes, really trying to, really trying to win, you know, going fast, going hard, being clever, really putting you to a test. Like you, you really, you really do get better by using less energy and using less like spazziness and applying speed and applying dominance without having to think about it consciously. So, you know, you get better and you, you, you see these guys, these black belts and these brown belts who are just rolling for match after match after match and their opponents are just exhausting themselves and they're just kind of cool. They're like, okay, we can keep doing this. And a lot of it comes from the endurance of years. You know, they've been doing this for a long time. They may not look like they're in the best shape of their lives and they may look like they couldn't lift as much as you at the gym, but get them on the mats and they can roll for round after round after round after round long after you got gassed. And it's because they've been doing this for so long. So, you know, there's a point to it where yeah, if you're a if you're a competitor and you really want to be the best you can be, you're gonna to have to put in some some ferocity. But for the most part, this is a lifetime sport. Like, I, I can see myself doing this into my 70s, 80s, whatever, because it's just something that is it's easy to enjoy once you get it out of your head. Tonight was a uh, tonight was fantastic. This whole week has been just excellent training. Um, I remember I recorded Monday afternoon because I didn't go to work, uh, I had terrible insomnia, and I was recording after I went to the gym, um, that was it, I recorded after I went to the gym on Monday, I think, and, uh, so I went to Jiu-Jitsu Monday, and we've been doing these great drills on, like, passing De La Hiva, um, you know, really controlling the legs, really controlling posture. Tonight we continued those drills where it was, like, leg drags, and leg drags into side control, and just, these really simple, smooth movements and, and just getting getting through the motion of the movement so that you drill it and you drill it and you drill it. And like that, like the, the author of that book said, you drill it a thousand times, you drill it 10,000 times. It's just something that your body's going to do. It's not, it's not something I have to think. His feet are on my hips and I am about a foot away from his center line. And one foot is forward and one foot is back to brace my position. I feel like I could perform a leg drag here. You don't have, you're not going to do that. You're just going to grab his leg and pass. You're just going to drop and pass. And, and that's it, without even thinking about it. So I look forward to those days. Uh, I really do. Tonight was a lot of fun. Marathon Roll Monday was the best I've ever... I feel like it was the best I've ever done. Uh, it really was great. Uh, lots of good passes. Lots of smooth transitions. Lots of good posture. Mindfulness and posture were the theme of the day on Monday. Uh, Friday, today, uh, well actually, on Thursday we did nogi, and uh, in nogi we did more, we did leg drags, uh, and we sparred, and in sparring I wasn't able to get past, uh, I wasn't able to get past Nate's base at all, he, he beat me every single time, and uh, it was a lot of fun, because, you know, he's, he's really good at this, and he really challenged me to, to find better positions, even, and even though I couldn't, uh, I never, I never did give up uh, trying. So, and I wasn't spazzy, and I wasn't just like diving in and tackling him, and I wasn't like deadlifting him. I was actually, you know, I was actually consistently attacking his guard different ways. He was just very good at defending it. Tonight, 
the theme of the day was half guard. Half guard, half guard, half guard. I was either on top in half guard or on bottom in half guard, but I was in it, man. And uh, I think my crowning achievement for tonight, I had a really good, I had a really good series of passes against a couple of guys um, that started in half guard and ended in mount. A couple of really good, you know, mount positions that I got to. Um, I, I was, I was thinking just like improve the position, improve the position. I was able to get to mount a couple times, a couple of guys. Uh, and there were a couple that, that, you know, I did get swept, but I landed in half guard. I landed with with feet in their way. I was trying to do what Pat says. Pat's the black belt who's been working with me the most. Put feet in their way. And if they get feet out of their way, put feet back in their way. So they get past this wall, boom, there's another wall. And I just kept trying to do that tonight. Uh, my crowning achievement for the night, I held one of my training partners in my closed guard for a minute and a half. It was the most I have ever, the longest I have ever held anyone in a closed guard, and it felt great. I finally understood in that moment, because this guy, you know, this guy's is, is, guy very experienced. He's a, you know, he's a purple belt. He's very good. Every, every time we've rolled, he's put me through, uh, you know, I felt like I've had good posture, decent positions, decent passing attempts, and he's just somehow ended up with a choke or an armbar, and he's just been very good. But this time, once I got him in my closed guard, he was unable to escape. And he tried every every trick in the book. And by the time it was over, my right foot was about to cramp up because of the amount of pressure I put, you know, foot against foot to hold this guard in place. But he was, uh, he, you know, I will never know if an upper belt is really trying their hardest with me. But it felt like he was really trying. And uh, he was unable to to pass my my closed guard, so that was um that was my crowning achievement for the night, for sure. Uh, lots of great rounds. Didn't take a didn't take a break. I haven't in the in the last two marathon rolls I have not missed a round. So it's been um, it's been a great week of training. So tomorrow, tattoo day, I am getting my chest piece done. I hope, but it depends on how big a baby I am. And after all, the, the tattoo is the midsection of my chest. It goes from uh, the very base of my throat to um, the very top of my, of my belly. So it is the middle section, the body of the owl. The wings are all done. The wings go shoulder to shoulder. And the, the, the sternum is the body. So it's maybe 90 minutes worth of shading and color. But uh, it is in the worst part of the it is in the worst part of the tattoo. So who knows? I, I hope it's not uh, I hope it's not too terrible. Uh, he's a great he's a great tattooer, but I am a giant baby. I did compress my schedule this week. I lifted all my lift days Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and honestly that worked out really well. I had a great series of lifts this week, and uh, the one I was most worried about was Thursday uh, deadlift day, and my deadlifts went really, really well. I was very happy with those. So I don't know what happened, but it's been a killer week of training. I'm up to about 110 hours worth of jujitsu on the mats, and um, I'm feeling really good about it. I hope you guys are safe. I hope you guys are healthy. I hope you're happy. I hope you're having a good week. I hope this week was a little bit challenging and a lot of bit rewarding. Uh, I hope you're staying safe and sheltered from the ongoing pandemic of, of COVID-19. 
uh, I hope your your loved ones are safe and healthy and happy, and um, I hope your training sessions have gone well. If you're preparing for tournaments, train hard and rest a little bit and do your best. Uh, I, there's a there's a uh, locally there's a grappling industries round robin tomorrow that a handful of our of, of my classmates are going to to compete in, and then next weekend of course is Pan Ams down in down in Florida, um, and I have a dozen or so classmates that are going to Pan Ams, so I'm sure if you're if you're going you're gearing up you're getting mentally prepped, do your best. I, I wish you the best. Um, that's really all I have to say about this week. It's it's been a very good one. I hope for many more like this one. Mindfulness, posture, have a good time. Those are the lessons from this week, and I will carry those forward. As always, I thank you for listening, and I wish you all the very best of happy training.